Welcome to Circle 3 Cowboy Fellowship's podcast. We are patriots, unafraid and unashamed to speak the truth and spread the gospel. Today's message is from Gary Lear. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. So I was kind of worried about it because my message this morning is probably going to be short. Now's the time for applause. And then I realized that we've got communion coming up, so sorry, we'll probably still be here the same amount of time. But uh, today's message, the Lord just kind of gave me the point he wanted me to make, and it seems to have left it up to me to figure out how to get from here to there. So uh, it could be a little shorter than normal, but anyway, I remember when I was a kid, I would say somewhere along the year 1976 to 78, right in there. How many of you can remember that far back? See, that makes me feel good. I'm not the oldest guy in the building. Sometimes I feel like it. But uh, I remember for Christmas one year, I think it was Christmas, I got a checker set. Did any of you guys ever get a checker set for Christmas? And when I think back on that, compared to what we give our kids now, it's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. A checkered set consisted of a piece of cardboard folded in half. When you opened it up, There were 32 black squares and 32 red squares painted on a piece of cardboard. And there were 12 little round red discs and 12 little round black discs. And you will not, well maybe those of you who remember 1978 will remember, the hours and years of entertainment that a checker set gave a family. And it's sad that Our interest is no longer to the point where something that simple can satisfy us. It's a sad state of affairs because I remember hours of sitting around, laying around on the floor, playing checkers with every member of the family. Grandpa was good at checkers, and I don't know in all my years if I ever beat him. But I remember that, and and we would take our checkers or our board games, whatever they may have been, And we would take them with us when we go to visit family or go to see family. And we would sit around and we would enjoy fellowship with one another over a board game. And you go out in public now and this is all you see. Or, no, better yet, where'd it go? My phone. This. Isn't that about it? I mean, really, it's pathetic that we've become so dependent upon that. We'll leave that up there because I don't need it. But a checker set, I tried to look it up. I asked Google 15 different ways this morning, and I kept getting the same answer. I don't have any information on that. But in my best estimate, a checker set in 1978 probably cost somewhere between 2 and $6.00. I'm guessing. And that dumb thing right there, I'm getting ready to have to replace it, and it's probably going to cost $600 or more. Don't say that. But when I think about the game of checkers, what is the game of checkers? I, I, I went online, and I wished I would have had YouTube back when I was playing Grandpa because there's some good checkers strategies out there that you can watch. But really, checkers is nothing more than a game of moves and counter moves. Am I not right about that? You kind of wait and see what the other guy does, and then you try to counter. You 
It just moves and counter moves. It's constantly changing. It's constantly, you're constantly changing your plan. Your strategy is constantly moving and changing. And that kind of reminded me of the way life is today. Just a couple of days ago, I think it was Thursday afternoon, I was coming down here to bring some feed bunks down for the cows, and I heard on the news report that one of our Supreme Judge, Court judges has passed away. Uh, regardless of how you feel about her opinions, I've prayed for her family and for their comfort because there is grief involved with that. Um, people pass away every day. So this would have been on Thursday night, afternoon, whatever. Yesterday, I'm up at the cabin and I'm working, and that stupid thing's not supposed to work at the cabin, but for some reason it did. And I got a telephone call. And it was a survey. Wanting to know how I would vote based on whether or not they tried to replace the Supreme Court judge now or later or at all. And you guys all know my political leanings. I don't think I keep it a secret. In case, in case you haven't noticed, we'll get this out here. You know, we'll just put that right there for like that for right now. So, but anyhow, I respect other people's right to make a decision. You choose, you vote, that's your choice. But this survey came up, and it just irritated me. And after a while, I played along for a few minutes, but after a while, it kept saying, well, if so-and-so nominates so-and-so, will you be more inclined or less inclined to vote for so-and-so? And finally, I said, you know what? I vote straight Republican, so answer every one of your questions based on that. Goodbye. Click. I mean, let's just leave me alone. But the part I think that irritated me the most about that is this woman has, has just recently passed. And our politicians, regardless of which side you consider yourself, can't think for themselves. They want me to give my opinion so they know what they should talk about or, how, or what they should believe in. Just like a game of checkers. Moves and counter moves. Well, if the electric says this, I'm for this today. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. T tomorrow the electric says this, okay, I'm for this now. And I don't care which one of them, they're all the same. They're all like that. And as I got to thinking about it, really the world is operating that way. Look at the stock market. Moves and counter moves. It waits to see what comes out in the news cycle and then it goes up or it goes down or it does whatever. Moves and counter moves. In Acts chapter 17, verse 31, it says, For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. For he has set the day that he will judge the world by the man he has appointed. We know that is Jesus. Jesus is the judge of the world. He has been given that authority. But what really jumps out at me right here is the fact that he has already set the day. And this was written 2,000 years ago. 
As a matter of fact, if you go all the way back through Scripture and you read prophecy, that day's been set for a whole lot more than 2,000 years. Most likely, it's been set ever since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. When the first messianic prophecy came out. The first prophecy about the coming of Jesus is found in Genesis chapter 3. We are three books into the Bible before man is screwed up so bad that Jesus is going to have to come be sacrificed. Don't say a lot about us, does it? But the point that I'm trying to make today is this. He has already set the day. We can read in the book of Genesis from chapter 1 all the way through Revelations chapter 22 and we can see the whole story from beginning to end. The book is already written. It's not waiting to see how this election turns out. God does not wait to see what the stock market does before he adjusts his plans. He doesn't wait to see if you make a decision for him or not. His plan is set. And according to his plan, everyone has the opportunity to make a decision for Jesus. Everyone. So in the book of Revelations, chapter 22, verses 12 through 15, Jesus says, look, I am coming soon. My reward, uh, soon, my reward is with me, and I will give each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexual Im immoral, the murderers, the adulterers, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Everyone who practices falsehood. I'll be honest with you guys today. I don't know, other than the fact that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, I don't know much truth beyond that. There is so much falsehood out there right now. So much deception. I get, since I've taken this job, you know, I used to just be a a dumb construction worker that didn't have to worry much about anything but not hitting my thumb with a hammer. And then I took the job as preacher, and son of a gun, do I ever get hammered with all kinds of stuff now. I get more information thrown at me that I have to decipher, or people call me up or send me a, a message and they say, read this, what do you think? Well, I didn't hit my thumb with a hammer today is what I think, but I can't just stop at that. And so all of this is coming to me, and I'll be quite honest with you guys. I was up in the middle of the night, stressed, worried, thinking, begging God for wisdom. God, you put me in the job of leading this church, and I don't know much. Truth be told, I really don't know much other than Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and he's yours too if you'll have him. I know that much. But I, I, I read, <coughs> excuse me, I read prophecies about what somebody thinks the end times are going to look like and somebody there thinks this and what this guy thinks about finances and what this guy thinks about this and what that, good grief. But this tells me he who loves and practices falsehoods. So I think we need to discern, discern what it is we believe. 
there's one other fact that I believe. Satan is at work to destroy God's creation. Satan's only job is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's it. God made this wonderful thing. He made this beautiful earth, and he made these human beings in his own image. Perfect creation. He made us, and he put us here. And he sat back, and he thought, what a good thing this is. What a good job this is. And he began into a relationship, a harmonious relationship with man in the garden. And here comes the serpent. For what reason? But to mess all of that up. And he did. And he's still trying. One thing I know for a fact is the deception that's being sowed by people who think that it's okay to kill and burn to get their way is nothing. I mean nothing but the work of Satan. Jesus does not promote that behavior. That is someone who has fallen in to these practices of falsehood. Somehow thinking that their cause is so righteous that they can come and they can burn someone's house down. I mean, you hear stories if you listen to enough news, and I've really cut back on that. But stories of going to a police station, I think it was a police station or a courthouse, but I think it was a police station, and pouring quickcrete into the locks as a means of trapping people inside and then setting the building on fire. All because they're protesting our government. Well, you know what? I didn't agree with President Obama, but I certainly didn't want to kill anybody over it. Or him. I certainly didn't want to do that. That tells me there's a different spirit driving those people than what drive me. There's only two spirits, folks. <laughs> the Holy Spirit and Satan. That's it. So don't fall into the falsehoods. Don't be deceived. Open our eyes and look at what's going on around us. Do you know I heard just yesterday or last night that a prominent college professor who tends to be associated with the blue party, I don't care what party he's associated, the fact that he said this is I can't believe an American would say this. But if they try to replace this, this uh, Supreme Court justice before the election, He's calling that the anarchists should burn Congress down, the Capitol building. Burn it down because he doesn't get his way. Folks, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not God. God does not promote that. I'm sorry, but he doesn't. So who are you going to follow? While the world is acting like a ch checkers board, moves and counter moves, God's plan is already set in stone. So your faith needs to be set in stone. It does not need to be dependent upon what's going on around you. Because if you allow that to happen, your faith is going to be all over the page. And you can fall victim to deception. What do you believe and why do you believe it? Do you believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior? Then stick to it regardless of what's going on around you. That's what I'm, my message is for today. We can't be wishy-washy. God's not wishy-washy. Steve said it beautifully a few weeks ago when he was up here. He said the world's not falling apart. It's falling in line. 
God has predestined this story already. And this is what's going to take place. He's not surprised at the chaos. I'm shocked every time I turn the TV on and hear something else. God's not. He knows who Satan is and he knows what Satan's about. And he knows who's following Satan and who's not. None of this surprises God. God's not going to change his plan. If the election doesn't go your way one way or the other, it's no surprise to God. So trust God because God's got it under control. So my encouragement for this morning, be steadfast in your beliefs. Be steadfast in your commitment to Jesus. Don't feel that you need to fluctuate because the times around you are fluctuating. Don't feel that you need to make moves and counter moves. Know who your God is and worship him always. So with that being said, we're going to serve communion. I'm glad we got communion because I'm 10 minutes early. I hate to get you guys out of here too early. You get used to it. So if the Segundos would come, maybe I'll try to do another song. I didn't practice anything else, and the ones I did practice didn't turn out too good, so I don't know how this is going to work. But While they're serving up communion. Communion is served here. We do that openly. If you know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I have no problem with you taking communion, and I leave that decision up to you. We don't sit back and say, well... You know, I know who Wally is, and I don't think he ought to be eating that. We don't do that. Turn your hearing aid off. So uh, we want to invite you to take communion. Against the morning sun, you close your eyes and listen to the river run. Catch a firefly in your hand, or a raindrop on your tongue, that's right. There is a God. much proof do you need? Plant a seed and see what comes out of the ground. Find the heartbeat on your baby's ultrasound. In a few years, you're laughing. Don't it sound just like a song? Hey, Johnny, you guys just put it right there for me. Stop and think about what you don't understand. Things like life and love, how the world began. Hear the doctor say that he 
So I'm going to, I don't need the whole bowl. Uh, it's about lunchtime. So uh, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to kind of paraphrase rather than reading the exact scripture because I didn't pull it up this morning because I didn't remember we were doing communion until it was getting kind of late. So uh, anyhow, you know, uh, Jesus knew that the end of his ministry was coming, and, and he uh, said that he longed to share yet one more supper with his disciples, and so he sent them out ahead of him to go prepare a place. Talk about God having a plan. Well, God, when Jesus said, you're going to go into town, and you're going you're gonna to find a man, and you're going to follow him to the upper room, and and, and set everything up. It'll all be there. Everything will be there ready and waiting for you. And it was. Don't tell me God doesn't have a plan. You know, even Jesus is just prior to this, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Think about that. He went out again. He knew that he was coming into Jerusalem for the last week of his life. And he went out and he told the disciples, Go up ahead, and you're going to find a donkey tied up. You're going to find the colt of a donkey tied up. Untie him and bring him to me. And they went ahead, and they found the colt of a donkey. And he says, when they ask you, tell them that it's for the Lord. Now, guys, I'll tell you this much right now. Horse thievery, I think, is still a hangable offense in Colorado. And if somebody walked up, and untied my roping horse and started off with it and tried to tell me it was for the Lord, we'd probably have a hanging right here at Circle 3. 
But the fact that the owner of that donkey accepted that because God had already predetermined it, God had already softened his heart, God had already made it with, within him that he was going to believe that, that was all pre-done. That was all set. And it was all prophesied for hundreds of years prior that Jesus would enter Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey. And it was so. See, guys, circumstances of the world change because of God's will. God's will does not change for the circumstances of the world. And so here we find Jesus doing the very same thing, telling his disciples to go ahead. There will be a room. Everything you're going to need is there. Just get it ready, and I'll be along in a minute. And that's what he did. And as he sat with them, he broke the bread. And he said, this is my body, which was broken for you. When you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the wine. We're Wesleyans, so we use grape juice. And he said, this is the blood of the covenant, which was spilled out for you. He says, I won't drink of the fruit of the vine until I drink of it again with you in my father's house. In my father's kingdom, I should say. That is so in keeping with the tradition, the words that were said during a Galilean wedding. Because the bride and the groom would separate. They'd make their vows and they would separate then for a year. They would toast, they would have a glass of wine, and the husband would say, now I won't drink with you again until we do so in my father's house. And then the husband would go away. And he would build on to the father's house. That would be their new home. And it would be an addition onto that house. And then within a year's time, the father then would tell him, go get your bride. And once all the preparations were made, the father would say, go get your bride. And he would go get them, go get her and bring her back. And they would have the wedding feast. That's exactly what's going to happen. When Jesus said, I won't drink of this again until I drink of it with you in my father's kingdom, he was saying that exact thing. I'm going to go away. I'm going to make a place for you. When my father says, come get you, I'll be back to get you, and we'll go to the wedding feast together. This is the blood of the covenant that was spilled for us. Let's do this in remembrance of him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you that you're our steadfast father, that you're our father who is in complete control, the creator of all the heavens and the earth, the most powerful deity. Lord, we worship you. We thank you that you have got this under control. Whatever's going on around us, we know, Lord, that this is part of your plan and we trust you. We thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus to die on the cross, to shed his blood, that we can again be reunited with him for the marriage feast in heaven and live eternity in a place where there'll be no more pain or suffering or tears or sorrow. Lord, we thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for caring so much about us that you would send him down here to die for us for that reason. We just pray now that you be with us as we depart from here. Bring us all back together again next week. Watch over and guide us. Keep each and every one of us safe. Provide comfort for those who are in need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you'd like to, but you're not really sure how, please feel free to email us at circle3podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's circle, the number three, podcast at gmail.com. We would love to help you out. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and click follow. That way you never miss a message. Cowboy churches are the fastest growing in the nation, so there's sure to be one near you if you'd like to try it out. Have a great day. See you next time.